I get these moments of uh, gratitude every single day. Every time I wake up, I'm like, holy shit, I don't have to clock in somewhere. And you get to just live on your own terms and do what you want to do. And, you know, there's no boundaries. I think things are limitless as long as you believe that they are and you're willing to do what it takes to get there. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. Hello again, Awesome Tribe, and welcome back to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome Podcast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tribe. Um, I'm hoping you guys uh, have been safe, have been well. Um, just taking two seconds to, you know, wish you guys a wonderful, blessed, and fulfilling year. Uh, 2023 is um, already underway, and I'm hoping that, you know, you guys uh, are taking the time, have taken the time over the holidays to, you know, spend time with the people that matter. And I know that for some, you know, the holidays are not really that jolly, jolly, happy, happy. I've been there, so I can totally relate. Uh, if that's you, always know that you're loved, you're blessed. And uh, even if a happy holiday after holidays have not been that happy or joyful for you, just know that you are blessed, you are loved, you are needed, you are wanted. And uh, one, the sun also rises, I always like to say. Uh, for myself and the wife and the kids, uh, we took the time, you know, just to be with family. Uh, took some time off. Uh, just to, you know, recenter. That's why I've been off uh, the interwebs and the social medias and the Instagrams and the into Facebooks and all the wonderful stuff uh, for quite a while. And uh, I encourage you guys to do that. Unplug, unplug, do that uh, because these platforms do not serve you. I definitely know that these are tools uh, and sometimes not to your best benefit. Um, so I'm going to get off my soapbox on that one. But aside from that, spend some time with the family. Uh, we went out of town, uh, more time with family and the kids. And that's the precious time. Also, uh, I guess this is a public service announcement. If you are fortunate enough to still have your parents among the living, um, circumstances notwithstanding, I know some people might have different types of relationships with their parents, but if you are fortunate enough to actually be able to dial mom or dad and have someone on the other end pick up, uh, please take full advantage of that. Uh, because personally, my parents are abroad, uh, so we don't get uh, that many opportunities to see each other. Uh, because, you know, Haiti being what it is, uh, we don't often have the opportunity to show all of us, uh, myself and my siblings, uh, to be together. So um, it always hits home every time uh, we get to spend some time together, myself, my father, my mom. Uh, my sister, my brother. So that always means a lot, especially in these uh, times where my parents are actually getting to see my own kids. So it's another chapter in my life growing and realizing that time is fleeting and time is precious. Uh, so I want to get that in. So if you do have the opportunity to still have your parents with you, uh, no matter what the relationship is, uh, do mend that. If it's rocky, uh, there's always a way uh, to find uh, that inner peace of forgiveness and moving forward because these are the type of relationships that we cannot get back okay so if your parents are still with you call them i'm not saying text i'm not saying dm i'm not saying you know send a whatsapp voice note or a gift call them call them and say tell them you love them tell them that you 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 care for them and you know you mean they mean a lot to you 
and, you know, just ask them how they're doing, you know, and listen, listen, give them the time to talk. No matter if you have no idea what they're talking about, give them that space. You will feel your cup will feel so full just doing that. So what else do I want to get into? I also want to thank uh, the people who have uh, been so awesomely responsive and, um, you know, so so encouraging over the last episode of the year-end special. I want to give a special shout-out to my brother Max Cruz uh, for taking the time to actually helm uh, the 2022 version of the year-end special for the ATA. A lot of you are really ex- appreciating uh, this yearly tradition, so I'm uh, hoping that I'm going to keep that going. Uh, you know, as long as this podcast is still alive, and so am I, we'll try to keep uh, bring, making this even more interesting. But I have to say, uh, a lot of people have responded very favorably and saying, like, you know, how they really appreciated uh, Max's take on things. And I always like to say, you know, I never know what the guest host is always going to bring, but it's always nice to hear and see, you know, get to, uh, you know, take a step back and see how mu- how far we've gone and how much we've done. Um, so this is not taking away from any one of the previous guests, but uh, that was a special one, uh, one for one for the record books. So uh, you guys, if you haven't checked it out, uh, last episode of the Earring Special with Max Cruz, definitely check it out. Uh, I also want to give, uh, you know, just read out. I'm going to do a little bit more of these uh, because a lot of you guys are taking the time you know, to say hi and uh, to drop some comments and just to say hi and, you know, just uh, letting us know how we're doing and how, you know, the uh, the podcast is doing and how it's making an impact on you. So I'm going to, of course, acknowledge a little bit more of the reviews uh, since you guys are leaving comments. And I really do appreciate that. As I always like to say, every little bit helps. So the algorithm always appreciates you guys just stepping in, whether it's Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, where you can not just leave a, ra- a rating, but also a review. Uh, there is on Spotify, for those of you who don't know, when you're on Spotify, you do have to give a minimum listen of 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, so then the algorithm kicks out. Okay, it's not just something you click play and then just rate out of nowhere. You do have to listen a little bit. Um, but then afterwards, that's when you can actually click on the episode and actually rate uh, either the show or the episode. Uh, but on Apple Podcasts, you know, if you're on Apple, you pretty much know how this works. You just got to get on the episode, leave a rating, and if you can, leave a review. But that's the fuel uh, that keeps podcasting going. So for me, I'm going to be a little bit more vocal. Even though I do put it in the episode, I'm going to be a little bit more vocal about, you know, how how uh, you can support the show uh, because we are trying to, uh, you know, just add a little bit more fuel uh, to making this show a little bit bigger, better, and greater, you know, awesome-er, if that's even a word. But I want to read today's um, today's review, which I do appreciate. It's numbers for fun. Numbers for fun. Thank you for the five-star review. I really do appreciate. Smart, empowering, and awesome. Really enjoy listening and feeling empowered after each one. Short, pithy, but so, 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 so appreciated. Thank you so much, Numbers for Fun. Uh, so that was uh, left a five-star review on the Apple uh, Apple podcast platform. So we do appreciate that. Um, so enough rambling. How you guys been doing? First episode of 2023. Very excited. Very excited to bring you guys uh, today's guest, uh, Sophie Stagold. Um and I really have to make this very clear. Sometimes I, a lot of you ask, like, where do you get all these ama- amazing guests? I really have to be honest, guys. Sometimes it's really the draw of the universe. Uh, I do do some research, whether on blogs, whether on the Instagrams, whether on Facebook, whether on LinkedIn, whether just reading articles. I just keep my eyes open to curious people. 
who, just like I say in the intro, just like you, are doing awesome stuff into their own lane and, you know, just come across uh, my universe. And for this one, it was just a basic reel. One of those, you know, inspirational reels where they take a video of someone and they just add an overlay uh, voiceover and said, like, when someone has uh, sh- shows you how something is so easy is because there's been 10,000 hours of work that you've never seen. And it was basically today's guest, Sophie Stagold, uh, who in her own right is an incredibly talented barber. Uh, in an industry where the workforce has been unmistakably dom- dominated by men, uh, Sophie Stagold Pock um, has indeed carved her own path and clearly made her own mark. A celebrated and talented barber for over a decade, Sophie has spent the last decade laser-focused on building her global lifestyle brand, Stagold LA. She's been featured in numerous publications such as Vice, American Salon, and Inked, just to name a few, and has won quite a few prestigious awards in her field, including Female Barber of the Year at Barbicon, which is kind of a big deal. Raised in Orange County, she began as a skillful barber with a quest for sharing knowledge and has turned into a highly sought-after visual artist with a love for global hair education, filmmaking, and photography. Sophie enjoys being an open book on her journey to becoming one of the, if not the, most respected female barbers barbers in the world. I'm excited because that's exactly how she came across. You guys are definitely going to figure it out. She's currently a global educator for Babyless Pro, a brand ambassador for Mizutani Scissors, and is a proud co-founder of the Statement Grooming Collection. Born out of her impactful vision, along with fellow creators, co-founders, and equally talented barbers, Julius Ariola aka Julius Caesar, and Miguel Gutierrez, aka Nomad Barber. Sophie's incredible sense of vulnerability, audacity to remain true to herself, willingness to serve her audience as well as her clients, and never backing down from an opportunity to learn is a statement to her indomitable personality and stratospheric rise. With no signs of slowing down, one can only get excited imagining what the future has in store. On this episode, Sophie shares... Stophy. <laughs> I'm going to get it, guys. I appreciate it. Sophie shares her story on breaking away from family scripts, taking chances despite the unknown, learning from every circumstance, focusing on the on being the best, and so much more. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 186, the first episode of 2023 with Sophie Stagold Pock. Here we go. I really wanted to start this out and I'm really meaning this. I've been like, you know, binging. Don't feel, don't feel threatened. I've been binging on your content. Like you have no idea. I've been, I listened to the entire Stego podcast. I've listened to wow. a bunch of other interviews. It's like, I've been taking notes like crazy. You know, I don't ever like to look too much about my guests, but you're a special case, Sophie, because you know what? I really want to celebrate you. I want to celebrate you because this, this is not going to be a, a barber industry interview. I promise you this. Because our audience is mostly people, normal people, regular people, who are in that sense of they know they're meant for something more, but they don't know how to interpret it. They don't know what that looks like. And of course, there's a lot of us, a lot of comments I get that are stuck in that state of indecision, indecisiveness, confusion, fog, fear, call it what you want. And when I hear your story, and I hear of, even though you call yourself an introvert, even though you're very uncomfortable in front of the camera, even though, you know, even with this massive exposure, you still say sometimes that you do feel insecure and stuff, but you still step into your own truth. Having been doing this for a decade and plus, having done the brand deals, having launched your own, you know, grooming products, having done the educator, having flown around the world, you still keep showing up. 
And I go back to that initial story you told about how this all started with a pair of paper cutting shears. And I keep telling myself, what if you had listened to that inner voice of saying, I've never done this before. I can pretty much stand here and say that, okay, the journey would have been much different. For that, I want to celebrate you because you stand here as an example of a real person who stepped into her own truth and kept following that journey every single day. And I want to celebrate you for that because it needs to be commended for everything that you've done and everything you're still doing. It's an honor to have you and welcome to the Awaken Yasin podcast. It's a pleasure to have you, man. Thank you. Wow. I, I, it's crazy to hear you say that you've listened to the whole podcast. So it's, those words mean a lot to me. It's sincere. It's sincere because it's, I hear, I heard your words and I heard you talking. I heard, I love the interviews. I love the one with Jackie Iced Out, the Floyd Mayweather mm-hmm. Barber. I yes. loved it. it. There are a lot of, but the solos are really what grabbed me because I heard someone, I heard you go back to the archives of your own emotions and your own memories. I know you're trying to help us and educate, you know, the, the people trying to step into the barbering industry, but I also heard a lot of human experiences first client, you know, in grateful clients, not getting tips, you know, just figuring yourself out, you know, forgetting. It's, it was so amazing. I'm like, this is a person who's really putting in the work. This is a person who's really understanding what it takes, you know, to commit to your dream. You're very big about the discipline. And, you know, just starting off the conversation for anyone listening to this, thinking that you can just wake up because you don't believe in luck, but you do believe in putting in the work. How important is discipline in your journey? Oh, it's everything, right? It, until it becomes a habit in what you're able to commit to, it's really hard to carry through every day because it's going to call on your consistency in building that self-awareness, right? Like it, it's it's exactly what you said in the beginning. Like none of it comes natural for me. I didn't have any guidance from family members, friends or anything like that. Like this is something that you kind of have to be brave enough to look into yourself like, okay, these are areas that I know I struggle with. Do I keep running away from them? Or do I try to slow down and dig deeper to figure out why it's it's difficult, you know, and through reading and actually like, I don't see some of the books on my shelf, man, I'm um, so jealous. The books are everything because you get you get to absorb the energy that's written to it. And it you know, it's for me, energy is very important. It's, mm-hmm. it's what, what, what goes out comes in and it has to continue to cycle. Right. And books kind of helped me open up because I knew for a long time, like public speaking, I think that's everybody's fear. Like mm-hmm. when I talk to anybody out there, what is one thing you struggle with? Public speaking and public speaking also stops us from, you know, daily creatives when we have to use social media as a tool to help expand what we do and for all you know, it, it attaches you to, you know, all these other opportunities. Like if it wasn't for social media and me putting myself out there time and time again, knowing that it is something I fear, but it's something I need to do because I want more than what I'm in right now. So you learn to build this confidence, you know, little by little. And when you see those results start to happen, you're like, okay, I think I have a little bit more confidence to keep going. You get these little wins along the way that that keep you that keep you in it, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's a weird fine line when I think about, should I have given up? Like, you know, the, the time that the person asked me to cut her hair, what if I said, nah, I don't do it. Just go to somebody else. Would yeah. that have kept me from, you know, moving into the barbering industry? Um, but I think from, from my childhood years up until that moment, I've always had kind of like 
like a curiosity to my personality of just like, what if, what if, you know, I don't know, like, I just, I've never said no, ever since, you know, I'm always down to try anything at least once. Uh, obviously, without getting hurt, like I'm not an adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. or anything. But mm-hmm. when it comes to new experiences, and a way to, to learn, um, that is something I'm, I'm, I'm more intrigued to understanding than my amount of fear of going into something that I don't know. I love it. I love it. Wow. Wow. Oh, you gave us so much right there. I'm energized. <laughs> um, I want to uh, uh, just go back just a little bit because from your origin story, because I want people to hear this because a lot of us will understand what you went through. You talked uh, in one of your interviews about how your aunt uh, tried to get you into a business uh, business program. And yes. that's one of those situations where, you know, we have to face our authority, our parental units, whether you're like, you know, figures of authority. And then you had to stand up for yourself and say, like, you know what, I'm not doing this. Because as I believe, you know, you were comparing yourself as she was into, into pharmacy for seven years and didn't end up doing it. And right. you have to look at it like, can you speak to us, to those people? Because I understand this personally because I was raised traditionally Haitian and you do not question the path that your parents set for you. I had to set myself in a very dark path with my mom for a really long time because she wanted me to go to med school. Didn't happen. We've patched it up. But for those of us still in that, you know, just anchored because we just want to make these people who we respect and look up to happy. You went through that. And can you guide us? you know, through these muddy waters? How did you, how did you navigate that? And how do we step beyond that fear and that resistance? Of course. Uh, so at the time, you know, my family, they're, they're super traditional. They came to the States, you know, during a war in Cambodia, back in the hometown, you know? So for them, it's about, you know, we're coming to the U.S. Like we want our kids to have a better life. That's their, that's their end goal. And what they have always known traditionally is you go to school, you get a degree and you get a solid job and, somehow that's life right and so when the opportunity came around college you know prior to that point I've always just kind of follow suit you know you guys say what I need to do and I'm gonna do it I just kept good grades you know all throughout school um by the time college came around I I started to notice like my mind was just not in it I was like failing tests you know really and, and it wasn't that I wasn't good in school. If I wanted to be into something, I, mm-hmm. I know I could pass, but these, these classes that I, that my aunt had me enrolled in were just like uninteresting. And I started getting bad grades. So I'm like, okay, I just can't, I can't just get bad grades and call it a day. So I told my aunt, I was like, Hey, I, I need to take an academic break. And at the time, my aunt, who is my mom's youngest sister, when they came to the States, she was the youngest in the family. So she got a full U.S. education while um, her older sisters, including my mom, didn't have that chance. Mm-hmm. So to her, school is everything. Education is everything. So so she came from a very sincere place. Very sincere place. And I look back on it now and I'm thankful for, you know, the discipline, the extra homework. Well, uh, while I was growing up, I had homework on top of homework. Like they did everything I could to make sure I was ready. Um, and I see the effects of, you know, that discipline being instilled in me at a really young age. Mm-hmm. And so getting into college, I was like, Hey, I, I need to take a break. Like, I think I'm just like, I don't want to just get bad grades. And that was the first time in my life. And I was, I think 19 or 20 at the time to have an urge to make my own decision. You know, I was like, I'm already working now. I was working just like, you know, regular retail jobs. And I'm like, I'm working, I'm paying my bills. 
I think it's fair for me to get a choice and just take a break. I'm not saying I'm quitting school. I just, mm-hmm. I think I just need a break. Let me find some uh, elective, something that isn't academic, you know? Makes sense. And so that's when my friend who, you know, I, I have a belief that everything happens for us, right? To, to take you somewhere, right? So true. It may not, it may not make sense in that moment. But there's little gems within our life. And, and this person was one of them. And she's like, hey, can you cut my hair? And, you know, like the story, I got little paper cutting shears in the house and like cut her ends off. And she's like, you know, you're kind of at this work of the road. Like, why don't you go to hair school? And I was like, wait a second. You know, I hair never school. thought about that. Hair school is like creative job. Never even crossed my mind. So I was like, you know what? I, why not? There was just something about it that just was like, let's just, let's just try. The school wow. for that was so hard to get in because it's such a uh, a popular class. Mm-hmm. It took me about a semester, a semester and a half later to get in. So I just, just to went to in. school just to get that early access. So that was my motivation to just get through some couple more courses. Uh, I finally get in. I'm like, okay, fine. Finally, I'm in. And, and, and you're doing about, I did at a community college. So you're doing about like the same uh, it was like a it was like a nine to five job, but not getting paid. Like you're in school. That's how the wow. system works. So, so a you do full day of just school for like forty day. hours a week. Exactly. And so I was working. I was going to school and working at Home Depot at the time as a cashier. And it was so hard to balance my school schedule because it's like a full time job. And then going in between, um, I ended up quitting the job and just doing the school and finishing that up. Um, so yeah, I was in like heavy debt at that time too, like, you know, being young and like having no money coming in and, and really committing to this school. So then while I was in there, you know, my family at the same time was like, if this is the way you're going, we don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it was a, okay. it was a sad time because I was very close to my grandma who, comp- who kind of raised me as I was growing up, um, with everyone being busy and stuff. And that was probably the hardest thing because she was just like, uninterested it's like if they don't support it they just don't want to know about it like so we would kind of come and go you know i i I finished school my mom helped me out because i didn't even we shared a car at the time she would drop me off at school pick me up she didn't understand why i was doing it but you know she she loves me because i'm a kid that she's willing to just drive me to and from school and and let me do all that yeah thanks mom so there's a that was some early drives and late drives um, so that's, that's the way it went. And I, I had to make that choice of like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what my future is in here. I have never even been, I've never even looked into the industry. I have no idea. I, at this point, I have never seen a barbershop yet. I've only seen salons wow. where my mom, where my mom takes me, but it's like little hole in the walls. And one of the things that she told me, well, not even her, it was actually my aunt, who's more of like my disciplinary, like figure in my, in my, in my life was just like, so you just want to work at a hole in the wall for $7 because that's all they've seen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. And I remember this conversation. I said, I don't know, but I just need to go find out. And that's where we left it. And I just wow. went into the industry that way. That was, this yeah. is amazing. This is amazing. See, I'm, I'm, I'm shivering because this is very real because and, these are. And I don't truth. know what came over me. Yeah. And I don't really know what came over me of why I was so brave in that moment to just say, I'm sorry, I just need to figure this out for myself. And that's all I can remember is that feeling in that moment of having that conversation with them. Those, for some reason, what you just said, 
brings me back to uh, a very close uh, friend who dropped these gems on me years ago. And for some reason, I write them down. And I keep playing them back in my head. And they go as this. He really tells me that all the time. What are you willing to suffer for? And he brings it home in terms of commitment, sacrifice, bloodshed, tears, because he never set aside the fact, because he's very, he's very black and white about certain things. Listen, life is going to kick the shit out of you. And you know what? If you want it bad enough, you will figure it out. And what you've just shared is something you talked about, you know, heartache. You talked about, you know, basically ostracizing yourself, quote unquote, you know, mm -hmm. from your family, from your culture, from your narrative and building your own bridge, even though you don't even know where it's headed. But mm -hmm. you said, what? I'm going in that direction. And I want people to dial that in because a lot of us keep saying that, you know what? The comfort zone is a different, is, they don't understand that it's a dangerous place to be. It's safe, but it's a dangerous place to be in regards to, you know, your authenticity. And that's something that comes back, you know, a lot into everything you write and everything you share as an educator is how you keep bringing, bringing it home that, you know what, never forget who you are. Um, that's why, you know, I even wrote it down in my notes because I love the story about the Stego tattoo, especially being, being your namesake now. And, mm -hmm. you know, I love the fact that you basically said, no matter what circumstances you go through, never, you never set yourself aside. I know I'm paraphrasing, but never lose sight of who you are. And Absolutely. how important is authenticity along our journey, do you think? Uh, it's definitely what has led me to get to this place. I've always been myself on and offline, like you get the same version of me. And that, when I got that tattoo, you know, I was coming out of a really bad relationship, actually. So there is this thing that we do when we're young is we, we adapt to who we, who people, who we think people want us to be, yes. right? So I used to get lost among friends, relationships of just being what I think people want. And through that process, I ended up losing myself pretty bad in that last relationship. So when we broke up, I was like, okay, fresh start. Um, I obviously need to change something because I can't go back to what it was because it was bringing out the worst version of me that I don't recognize. And so in that process, I had, you know, just this space available. I was like, I need two four letter words that mean something to me. To me, tattoos are, uh, they're a story. They're a part of my life. And also places that are, you know, more visible are more, more of my most meaningful tattoos and reminders. So I remember looking up just like different phrases and then I came across stay gold and I'm like, okay, look, let me see what this means. And then as, as, as I'm reading it, I'm like, it resonates with me a lot, especially right now with what I'm going through. So I was like, you know what? That's cool. Not knowing what the future had had for me, I was like, "Stay gold is cool because it it's it's what I'm going through right now. I don't want to change. I don't want to be. I don't want to. I don't want to change in any in any circumstance. Whatever opportunity comes, I will remain humble. That's what my mom has taught me growing up. Is like mm -hmm. you always treat people treat people with respect and kindness, whether you agree with them or not. Like you never want to make anybody feel bad, you know. So things like that combined with this meaning. I went with that name. And so anytime, you know, I'm looking at my hands all throughout all day, it, it's constant reminders of just like staying grounded, you know, in who I am. Wow. How you're, you're very big about, you know, be again with the same sense of authenticity about, you know, expressing like not shying away. I'm trying to phrase this properly, not shying away from who we are. And for a lot of us, sometimes they're, they're already lost. They're already lost, but they're not forgotten and they lose sight 
of, because I dealt with that, you know, with marriage, with kids and career and everything. And sometimes you forget that, you know, hey, I'm kind of a creative too. I love doing this thing. And a lot of people look at you and say like, oh, she's like, she's got it all figured out. And look, look at how she's enjoying life. But that didn't come just accidentally. We're all on a stage of constant growth, aren't we? So in this, in this world where in being so involved in social media, you know this better than I do, we're always exposed to so many of people's highlights. And we're always in that sense of wanting to exercise the comparison. And how do we not fall into that trap, do you think? Because it's, it's really hard not to always say like, Oh, she's doing okay. Oh, she's so awesome. Oh, what's, what's going on? I guess I'm, I'm, I guess I suck. How do we stay grounded? Do you think? You know what that's called? The, the feedback loop of hell. I don't know if you, if you've read the book, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Hey, a second. Hang on. That's right. That's the one. Okay. You know, the feedback loop of hell. This is something yes, we, we do to ourselves. Basically, we want to do something, but then our negative thoughts take over and says like, oh, you shouldn't do it because this could go bad. This could go bad. And there's like a long list of things. So eventually you think about it for so long, you never make any movement and then you stay stuck in the same place. Um, so this is kind of where books come into play. And, you know, I gain a lot of wisdom through what I read and what I want to become like and what I want to break out of, like, you know, my own bad habits to strengthen. And I think what really helped me was building my self-awareness muscle, right? That's something that you have to consistently grow. It's not something we're all born with. It's something that you look to strengthen in your faith, in your spirit, in your energy. And for me, it was the idea of not wanting to be in the same place. It's like, I know I'm whatever level this is. I don't want to be here you know, next week, I want to keep continuing to grow, like ed- growth mindset, education, all that stuff um, is something that keeps me kind of on this, like onward, slow climb. And I feel like that's kind of just been my life since I got into the hair industry. Mm-hmm. And I think you just have to ask yourself like, and it's, and it's fine to fall back because what happens is you have to fall to understand why you fell reanalyze what could have been better and then mm-hmm. you get up and you try again but if you just get up and you do the same things over and over again you recycle that same experience you know and that's something i had to learn is like now when something bad happens i'm like it's like what you said just ask if somebody wants to do a podcast if they say no that's the worst thing that can happen and then that's it like if you take that and and simplify it, it's really not that scary right so People have no mind. idea how many no's I've gotten. Oh, I'm sure. It, it's the same way as like me asking somebody if I can cut their hair. Like not everybody will think I can cut their hair, but mm-hmm. who cares? Like it's, you ask and that's all you can, that's all you can do. You that's do fine. your best. And so I think when you think of it in those kind of ways, it's like, what is the worst that could happen that it doesn't work out? And then you do it again, you do it again and you get better. Like that's, I feel like that's the only way you can grow as a person is to kind of like, go through it head on and just let things happen how they happen, assess, and then try it again in a different way or a better way. Be willing to take chances. Be willing to take chances and put yourself out there. Put mm-hmm. yourself out there and you know what? You Listen, is someone going to die? Is the house going to get on fire? 
Um, no. All right. So right. do what you need to do. Write that blog post, put out that piece of content, you know, just like ask that girl out, you know, <laughs> just, just try stuff out because yeah. this life is, is, is meant to move forward and not to stay stagnant. We were not meant to stay in place. That's why we yeah. grow. I tell my kids this all the time. Life only moves forward and mm-hmm. only you can decide what you're going to do in the meantime. I tell them all the time. Um, this was a funny one. I wrote it out because I really wanted to make you laugh. All right. Because for me, it just made me laugh. And you were talking about uncomfortable situations as we grow, especially when you started out, you know, you had your chair next to the door and the way you talked about that experience, <laughs> I had to write it down because you enunciated every word. And I wrote it down a semi faux hawk with a number one at the sides with square sideburns because <laughs> you had a, a client who was a little bit disrespectful in terms of questioning your abilities and, you know, saying, can you even do this cut? Can I see your portfolio? Did you really do this? And why I appreciate about it is that, as you mentioned, you remain professional, but it really taught you. Again, it's all about humility because you talked about that a lot, about staying humble in every circumstance and learning from every circumstance. And I wanted to bring that back because, you know what? Um, this is where I told you, like, you know, all these experiences just in barbing can relate to so many aspects of life in comparison. And why I appreciate about that is how you're teaching us about the fact that, you know, not every day is going to be rosy. And of course, mm-hmm. not every client is for you. Just for me, mm-hmm. not every guest is for this podcast. I had to learn that the, the hard way as well. Um, but if you can open up a bit about letting us know that, you know what, you need to stay humble through every experiences. They're not always going to be fun, are they? Mm-hmm. what's not fun will always teach you, right? It'll teach you to appreciate it. It's almost like you have to have things not work out for you to appreciate a better day, right? So, you know, when it comes to clients in the beginning, it was more so of them. Do you, do they even think I can cut hair? Because at the time girls didn't belong in the barbershop. Now that's mm-hmm. obviously a different thing where right? mm-hmm. there's a lot more women. Um, and then it comes down to clients who, maybe are new and they look at you and they're like, can you do, you know, that faux hawk square, everything like was like literally the easiest haircut. But that guy was so fixated that I couldn't do it, but he had no other opportunity to get into anybody's chair sooner because everybody's busy. Uh He sat in my chair. I'm telling you, this is like one of the easiest cuts ever. He still found something at the end because his mindset was already set. Like Uh I'm going to look for something. And he said he didn't like it. So he had complained to the boss and the boss told me later that he said I didn't give him what he wanted. And I find that to be absolute crap because it was such an easy cut, but it just teaches you, you know, and I think that's something I I really enjoyed about being in a barbershop space. We, we, we see all types of people, different levels of life, different levels of success. And I get to uh, get an inside look on how their brain works and how they think about things. And it makes me also learn about cultures, about food, about people's, you know, experiences in life, all through just like sharing stories kind of like this. Um, So I I really appreciate that environment of being able to teach me how to be humble, and then how to be strong when I need to be right. Because if I were to only approach people from a super humble feeling, I might not always be able to get the job because I wasn't confident enough, you know? So Uh that was something that I had to learn how to balance of humility and ego, right? You got to find that perfect balance. When, when I'm with someone that I respect, my humility is all the way up because teach me, absorb. I want to learn from you. I want, I want everything. And then if I step on stage and I got to teach a class, I can't look weak up there. I got to go up there and I got to demand the respect that I'm looking for, or people are not going to listen to me. 
you know, so those are things that I had to learn through teaching. Uh, because again, when I go up on stage, when I first started, I was, I was like, Hey, who wants to learn from me? I'm just like young. All these people have been cutting for, you know, decades over me. What could I possibly teach them? Will they respect me? And you know, it's that feed, feedback loop of hell of like, are you good enough? Are you going to be able to answer every single person's question when they throw you something like it's, it's, it's a lot sometimes. It's always, always cause jumbles because that intern dialogue is, that intern dialogue is very loud. And if you let it take over, it will eventually dictate your reality. So I'm very conscious, just like you, I'm very conscious about energy. I'm very conscious about words and people. I really do believe this. I've having done a lot of work on myself. The words that you speak have a very powerful sense of shaping your reality. So you really mean, need to mind what goes on in here and what comes out of here. Um, it's, um, the thing is I want to bring it home to the human experience again, because I agree with you. A barber shop experience is a different type of thing. And I remember, you know, just watching the movie, the barbershop and where Cedric, the entertainer's character just said like, you know, you have no idea the power and the, the well-being, like, you know, the, the kindness and the good you give to someone for a clean cut, like, I have never walked out unless the cut was like really bad, but I've had the same barber ever since we moved in this house for the past 10 years. And he's like a brother now. Like mm-hmm. it, I, it's like going home and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you have clients like that. You know, people you've built a relationship over the years. How, how much, cause you talked about that you were really interested in psychology at some point, but how is that relationship like? How do you build that trust? So you, how do you build that rapport? Because some guys I know just walk in, they want to sit on a chair, be on their phone, give them 30 minutes and walk out. But some mm-hmm. guys really are looking to just like isolate themselves from the world. And like for these 30 minutes, they just want, you know, just they're coming to see a friend. They just, Yes, they're getting a cut. They are a client. This is a transaction. But there's also this rapport. There's also this human experience that goes on. And I was wondering if you could just like peel the layers for that for, for, for oh, us. Of course. Uh, you know, being a female in a male dominated space, I think I've always been sensitive to people feeling uncomfortable. Like if I were to walk into a barbershop today, I would still feel uncomfortable because it's just, it's just the way of the the shops. Sometimes it's similar to tattoo shops. It's just very, uh, almost unwelcoming. So that's something I've always done for my clients or anybody that walks into the shop is like, I'm that friendly energy that's open. doesn't matter how you label yourself doesn't matter what you do doesn't matter your sexuality i'll treat you normal and you can feel comfortable here um and through those type of experiences because it kind of takes me back to like wanting to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist and whatever it's kind of crazy because you learn how to build uh conversations from you know surface level and then over time if they've been with me for a couple years it gets deeper to where it's like you're almost like a best friend but you just don't hang out outside of the barbershop but like Mm -hmm. They come in, like I've had people cry with me. Like it gets heavy depending on what people are going through. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've been with people going through divorces, uh, you know, transitioning out of stuff like that or getting married, you know, everything in between. And it's just insane um, just how much people need to talk. You know, they might not get to tell their friends or family members. I'm a neutral person in everybody's life. I don't you can give me the names and I still don't know who you're talking about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we're almost like this, like center ground, like therapist for people. And it's, it's been pretty cool to be able to like even give advice at some point. Like, you know, I, I'm a really good listener, but it, it took some time to like learn so much about people that people are now coming to you for advice on top of like, you know, advice for their hair and, and all that stuff. And 
yeah, you do feel really close to your clients. It's amazing because it it really it really builds this kind of of rapport where you realize that you know what this person isn't just yeah like I said yes it is a transaction which is why when when the lockdowns happen everywhere I picked up the phone like dude how are you doing how's the shop well I'm doing some private clients over here and there like you know like if you want to come in bring the kiddo like me and my son like listen I can just like you know do a house call and we'll figure it out you know so when you've been with someone that long and especially when you have a barber that you love and trust whether they move the shop or they they move another shop, they open another branch, you're there and you see them on Instagram, like you're celebrating with them. And, you know, when you have that great relationship, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. When you see, again, the kind of genuine affection and um, there I say, like, you know, a pride that you take in your work and, you know, your skills. And I didn't want to skip over this because you also talk a lot about, yes, I have skills. Yes, I have a passion for this and I'm committed to this, but you do not leave out the fact of growth again, because you you also talked about uh, in one of your YouTube videos about the fact that how important it is to, to, to grow your community, to grow your circle and to make these connections with fellow barbers. Because if you did not step out of the shop, all you knew were those barbers and these tools and these environments and these cuts in this community. But the second that you started going out to, you know, barber shows, that's when, again, exposure, a word I like to put up a lot this year, where I'm encouraging people to, you know what, it's, again, as much about what you know, but also about who you know. And I wanted, if you if you could just like, you know, just brush a little bit about how important your community is in your journey. Oh, absolutely. So even just, I mean, that that brings back a memory when, you know, the first shop that I worked in, you know, there's, there's, there's eight of us in there and there's four walls and all we know is each other. And once I went outside into a show, I started hearing things for the first time that I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Why didn't I think of this? But you know, when you're in the same household and nobody goes anywhere, you're just recycling the same things. Mm -hmm. And so when I started going out to these events, I started meeting people, connecting with other now, outside of barbers, I'm connecting with hairstylists because what I really respect about hairstylists is their pay structure was so much stronger than a barber. It's almost like, like it's till this day when I'm online, I see the comments. It's like, if you go to a barbershop establishment versus a, a haircut for men in a salon establishment, mm -hmm. the prices change based on where the location sits. Wow. Where the service sits, right? So wow. if you say, hey, a men's haircut is $60 in the salon, nobody, nobody, nobody even blinks, right? It's like, okay, cool. Here's 60 bucks. You go to a barbershop, you're like, hey, haircuts in here are 60 bucks. People are going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? Because there's just this old mentality that barbershops are, have been That's cheap for so long. Cheap. You know what yeah. I mean? And of course, there is a place for every type of establishment to exist. That's why Supercuts still thrive. That's mm -hmm. why Great Clips still still is killing it. But there's also now luxury services within barbering space, especially where there's guys that I know that charge top dollar for a men's haircut in a barbershop setting. Mm -hmm. So it's just like it's it's definitely a newer way of of business, especially for barbers. I don't know if that it always existed. And, you know, probably with the help of social media, of just being able to learn from each other, to mix all of the styles. Because before it was like, if, if I saw somebody get a, an East Coast style of fade, I could mm -hmm. tell where it came from, mm -hmm. right? West Coast was slightly different than East Coast kind of blends. But now with social media, I can do an East Coast blend in the West Coast because now it's more familiar and everyone's pulling from Europe. Wow. Even. 
Asia, Latin America, whatever it is, it's kind of coming together because everything we see right here on our phone. So that part of education and being able to expand on our services has been great. But, um, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's nuts. And so with, with barbers, I just feel like there's so much more that you can do, but it's just, it's not mainstream thought. So yeah, we get a, like all the barbers that charge a lot, they get a lot of hate because, you know, they, they've learned how to value themselves, but right now, not all everyone in society. And this is where you learn. Not every customer is for you, right? Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. are going to pay you know, $3 for uh, the same white t-shirt while somebody else is paying $200 for that same white t-shirt. So it's really, the perception. it's really it's what about... lane, it's really what lane you want to, you want to be in and who you want to serve. How does it, what does it, what does it matter to you? Like how bad do you want it? And okay, what type of experience do you want? You know, some people, you know, are going to vacation in Dubai and some people are just going to vacation in Florida for the weekend. Not, not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not bashing Florida. I'm just saying, try to make a comparison. Yeah. <laughs> don't, and the guys fun... don't hate me. Yeah. And the fine line with that is what I think gets confusing is that, you know, what one person's goal is not everybody's goal. And I think that's okay. But I think what people struggle with is, you know, say they get into the hair industry right now, you see everything on social media, you see everybody's level 20 while you're here at level one still. And you get lost in this comparison of like, I should be here by this time. I should be doing this because, you know, maybe my skills are good. But the thing is, it's like everyone has a different circumstance, right? They live in different areas where rent could cost more. So, of course, like, for example, L.A., we have higher price points because Mm -hmm. rent is higher. It's sunnier. People are getting more into it. There's people that are in TV and film that are going to pay more to look good on camera. Music sets, movie stars, like all that kind of stuff. So, yes. Will you be able to charge $200 in Missouri? I don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. It's really just about the experience you're giving to people. I and knowing your market, you, I guess. Yeah, you got to know your market. You got to know what's around. I always compare everything to like salon spaces mm-hmm. because hair to me is hair. It doesn't matter if you're in a salon or a barbershop. Like your service is a service. I don't charge by men or women. It's a it's a flat fee and, mm-hmm. and you get it or not. That's That's what it is. Kids, whatever. Go. It's all the same. There you go. And if it's not for you, okay, these are price points. Well, okay, I'll just go find another shop. Yes, okay, you can go find another shop, and that's totally okay. (laughs) Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to go down that road because you're going against the grain of what everybody knows. Mm -hmm. So you are going into this uncertainly like, damn, I could have zero clients if I keep going at this pace. So that's why you have to be pretty careful on your like market research and also knowing like, is is there value in what you're giving to people and also listen to the clients like i'm always asking for feedback from them like why do you come to me why are you willing to pay more and a lot of the times it's just like you listen to me and you give me what i want and it feels like me that's one of the most important things that i've heard is that yeah we like everyone can get uh, a bald fade right but if you make that bald fade fit that person special and different there's something about that finishing touch that people are willing to pay more for and, and there get. You there you go. So it goes back to a lot of what you're saying on, on a lot of your talks about bringing the value and you have to let the work speak for you. And we're going back again to the consistency because you've talked about the fact that, you know, you were able to create these uh, large, uh, large brand uh, collaborations with the fact that, you know what, the work precedes you and you have to have the patience 
you have to also have the commitment and you were willing to actually, you know, again, keep trying and putting in the hours. Put, you talk a lot about that, putting in the hours, putting in the hours, putting in the hours. And again, you build that portfolio, you take the pictures and you ask for the feedback, as you said. And I want people to listen to this. Like, guys, you're, you're creating content, whether you're a content creator, whether you're a nine to fiver, you can always stand out in, there's always something that you can do more. You can always find a way just to do just a little notch further, you know, because you keep saying it, like, you know, being on this for a decade, you're still growing. And the value comes from the quality that you bring into every, not just every single cut, but every single effort that you put into your own self, to your own brand, to your own reputation, your work ethic. And when that precedes you, you do you ever, and I know that, you know, you're still, as you said, like, you know, you're still growing, but do you ever stop two seconds and whether you're giving a speech or something and tell yourself, damn, I'm really getting, I'm really living this. Like, is this, is this really, is this real? Do, or do you have those moments of clarity where it's just like, wow, <laughs> I'm really cutting hair and loving it. And how, how does that feel, man? Honestly, I go through that often. You know, there, there is a beautiful process in self-reflection. And if you can do that more often, it brings you back home. You know, like I think about standing on the concrete for eight hours a day at Home Depot and now I get to wake up and do what I enjoy. Like that alone, I'm always going back to that moment. Like, thank God I, I, I followed through. Thank God I listened to myself and not let my aunt stop me from, you know, trying to, trying, trying it out. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's these, I get these moments of, uh, gratitude every single day. Every time I wake up, I'm like, holy shit, I don't have to clock in somewhere. And you get to just live on your own terms and do what you want to do. And, you know, there's no boundaries. I think things are limitless as long as you believe that they are and you're willing to do what it takes to get there. Do you have any, do you have any uh, morning after? Because a, a lot of people that uh, we talk to, especially people as grounded and as accomplished as you are, they have their own particular set of, of routines, whether morning, morning routines, working out, uh, journaling, affirmations. Do you have any particular, you know, morning routines or habits that, uh, that you implement on, on uh, your day to day? I used to, it kind of goes in phases. Like mm -hmm. usually if I get really, really stuck and like flustered, then I go back to um, like a state of appreciation in the morning. So before I do anything, when I wake up, I make a list of things that I'm grateful for uh, in physical form and also emotional form, you know, and I would read that list, but I have to read it slow and you have to read it with a lot of intention. Mm -hmm. um, and that usually sets me off into a good mood for the rest of the day. Um, and if that doesn't happen, then I usually do like uh, a 15 minute meditation in the morning before I start. Uh, that kind of helps me also get into like a good like flow of like feelings. Um, those are probably the two things I normally would do to kind of find like a, a solid feeling to be in in the mornings. Man, because I because I, I really believe in that because you I believe that everything is structure. But my dad, my dad, Vizik, is a is a civil engineer by trade, so he thinks a lot of things like in terms of very static. Like you can organize anything. Like even the universe was chaos, but you know it. Even he even told me like the universe is chaos, but it, even that happened in sequences. So you can always quantify everything. You can always structure your day. So he always let that let me never let me off the hook with that one. So why I'm, I'm bringing that up because every time I meet someone like you, I realize that you know what, guys. 
I'm not telling you to be like Sophie, but understand that, you know, there are elements out of Sophie's journey that you can pick from and organization and structure, especially living such a, you know, a hectic, you know, day to day, you know, speaking gigs and teaching and the cuts and the, and the clients and the Instagram and the videos and the YouTube. It can get really hectic for some people, you know, and even for us normal people down to earth, bring it down. Like, you know, you seem to have these little habits, but you are bringing home the fact that, you know, we need to be able to center ourselves. We need to be able to calm down the noise and overwhelm does happen. It's very normal. We need to be connected with these human emotions. And the key is that noise, the noise in your head mm -hmm. that gets loud. If that gets loud, it clouds everything, everything outside of us. That's, mm. that's, that's the foundation of it all. And honestly, the noise here is what led me to meditation. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't have time for meditation. I can't get into it at one point. But my mind was so busy, I couldn't even sit in a quiet room without thinking too much where it's loud, you know? And it took me reading a book and I can, I'd never finished it, but it was actually a book that, uh, it's called The One Thing. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. I read it. I read it. It's a great book. Okay. It's a great there's, book. A, there's one part where he talks about just imagine breathing air and just close your eyes and imagine the air going out your nose and in, and it allowed mm -hmm. you to focus on one thought at a time. Mm -hmm. And that is literally what triggered me to kind of dive more down that road because now I was just like, okay, I'm thinking too much. I jump all over the place. And when you learn how to focus and control and not let your unconscious like mind just, you know, do all these things, you're able to, have more control in your thought process because it's like you said, your thoughts control everything we do. If we don't control where what's 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 being absorbed versus what we're letting go, that's going to dictate how things are going to happen within your real life. You know, everything on the outside is a reflection of what we believe to be true internally. Man, you are a fountain of amazing energy, Sophie. Um, I could, you know, extend this conversation for, for hours on end, but I want to make respectful of your time. I know you're super busy. I'm, I can't thank you enough uh, for making, you know, just the time to be on this recording for us. Um, again, I'm going to say it again. Uh, you deserve to be celebrated for everything that you're accomplishing and that you still have to accomplish. Um, I see nothing but greatness for you and you've already seen it. Um, if you, were to just leave us with some parting words, as I like to say, because this is like, you know, just the parting words I like to leave at the end of the episode, what I call the next step, you know, people, you know, need to, you know, they don't have it all figured out, but if they can wake up tomorrow with just one thing, you know, whether a book or a personal mantra, even a song or waking up something at the next step that they can wake up with, with the, the, you know, taking them to the next level, what can we leave them with? My biggest thing would be to, Think about living at your highest potential, right? We know that life is absolutely short, like very, very short. And if we're not living at our best, are we even living at all, right? There's, there is a, there is gold on the other side of fear and, and uncertainty. There is a level and version of us that already exists. And if we don't try to challenge ourselves every single day, doing something that's just one step, just a little more difficult than the previous day, I think you're able to unlock things about yourself, about where you're going to head, that'll 
change the way you think, change the way you feel about your life. And I think it ultimately brings you more self-fulfillment, you know, in what you do, because if you're not happy with who you are, I think it's very hard to find out how you're going to be good at everything else that you want to get into. So I think it's listening to your internal guide and really trying to, you know, find the challenges in the things that you know you struggle with, because typically those are the things that are going to set you free, that are actually going to be the thing that make you, you. Sensational, man. Um, I can't thank you enough. This was a gift of time and knowledge and expertise and insight uh, that myself and our audience are internally grateful for. Um, for all the shameless pluggings of the interwebs and people who want to connect with you, uh, of course, you are Stagel31 on Instagram, but is there any particular place we can direct them to? Um, if you look me anywhere, podcast, YouTube, TikTok, it's all pretty much the same username. Um, super easy to find. Super easy to find. There aren't two of you, and there shouldn't be because you're such an amazing <laughs> person. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with the singular person that is you. Sophie, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Guys, my guest, Sophie Stagel, do find her on Instagram. Go show some love. Go see her reels. Show, so again, follow her reels. Follow, read the captions because she's got so, so much to say and so much to teach us. And I know that it's, it's now been, you know, semi, it's re pretty much retired at this point, but do check out the previous interviews of the Gold Zone podcast because Sophie, so especially season two, I love season two because Sophie goes into, you know, many solos where she, you know, she dives into the barbing industry, but you will find life lessons that are worth hearing from her perspective. And you can definitely treasure those as, uh, you know, some gold nuggets. <laughs> See what I did there? So shameless. Any which way, guys, thank you so much for being part of this journey. Sophie, I wish you nothing but the best of success. Guys, as always, share the episode if you found some relevance and value in it. We always appreciate your support on all the platforms where you know it when, you, when this episode goes live. Stay blessed. Stay safe. And as always do, stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.